welcome to another Back in Business podcast. I'm business journalist, broadcaster and podcaster, Mickey Clark. And I'm small business journalist, Liz Barkley. You said that another as if you were like, what, in need of a holiday or something? No, something to look forward to. <laughs> another. Oh, well, another. another. That's yeah. better intonation. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we are on holiday. Long words everywhere. <laughs> We're on holiday, we're in Leeds this week, so we're in, you know, we're actually in a beautifully uh, a tourist part of the country. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's only virtually speaking, uh, but Leeds is the largest city in West Yorkshire and often referred to as the capital of the north. And we've been to Cardiff and Belfast, uh, we've also been to Glasgow, and we've been looking at small businesses and what they've uh, been up to. But Leeds today. Yeah, and by the 1970s, the clothing industry in Leeds was in irreversible decline, facing cheap foreign competition. The contemporary econ economy is based on the idea of the 24-hour European city. And Leeds has become a telephone banking centre connected to electronic infrastructure of the modern global economy. And there's been growth in the corporate and legal sectors and an expanding retail sector, including luxury goods markets. And we'll hear much more about that because we're talking to three guests from Leeds shortly about how business is coping there. Um, in the meantime, of course, Mickey, uh, this is the point at which you and I usually have a grump about something. <laughs> yeah, we're good happening. at that. Uh, we are. Well, you're better at it than me. <laughs> been doing it more years. But uh, but can, can I dare I mention the GDP figures this morning? Well, I, light, I thought light blue touch paper and stand back. Well, I still stand by my my original um, view that these are a waste of time because this isn't the real economy. Um, you know, if you switch the engine of a car off, you shouldn't complain when it doesn't go anywhere, um, and that's what's happened with the economy. So, a decline of nine percent. Um, last year in, in total I don't think was a bad performance I mean I'm sure the Chuckle Brothers when they come on will disagree but um, as, far as, I'm, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned I didn't think it was too bad as I say so many people out of work and the the Bank of England's forecast that we've heard the, uh, last week from Andy Haldane once again we've, we've mentioned it in the past he's, he's very upbeat about things you know, he's looking for a decline of around 4% in the first quarter of this year and then for things to bounce back as from the spring. And much of that he attributes to the vaccine rollout. And I think I think he's got a point, whether he's a bit over-optimistic or not is a moot point. But I think, uh, yeah, certainly business will be looking at this thinking, at last we can see our way out of this and, and start getting back to normal. What the debris and the damage is in the wake of it, of course, is another matter. Well, that's the point, because behind the shutters on the high street, we don't really know what's going on, do we? And the other reason that uh, Andy Haldane is optimistic is because he says there's about £250 billion worth of savings that people who are still in work haven't saved and they're desperate to get out there and spend. But I wonder if we might take a slightly more cautious approach to spending in future, because somehow or other we've experienced the rainy day and maybe now it'll make sense why we save for it. I don't think we fully understand what this pandemic has meant. I mean, we know there are a lot of deaths involved and the misery that goes with it. But I think I think it's also it's like a, it's like a world war. It's changed the way we live. You know, you've only got to look at the changes in retailing that we've, we've mentioned in the past. Um, the, the fact that 
everyone is moving online to shop, consumers and retailers. The fact that we are now not worrying so much about cash, um, the way we work, the way we're employed, it's all changing. Whether it's changing for the better, of course, no one knows. But I think, I think it's a, it's, it's, it heralds a new era and we've got to adapt to that. And it's just how successful we are at adapting to it. But you, well, you talk to a lot of the businesses we've had on in the last few months. A lot of them have adapted. They've changed yes. their business model to do it. And I, I, I mentioned, I was, where was I doing? I was doing, um, I was doing Five Live early, early in the week. And I said the amount of people, it astonishes me, the amount of people that I interview from small businesses now who turn around and say, we're up to, optimistic, we're upbeat about the future. And I think that's what you've got to bear in mind. Yeah, and last week certainly bore that out in Glasgow. Yeah. People were saying, you know, Tony and Joe were saying, yes, we're really optimistic and they run a fitness studio on the high street. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so being agile and really, um, you know, going for it in technology terms is the answer by the sound of things. Um, you're the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> are here. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, Simon, Simon yeah. McVicker well, is our uh, Director of Public Affairs yeah. Policy and Communications. Yeah. Uh, Simon, you're yeah. desperate to get in there. Well, the other Chuckle Brother, Declan Curry, is our business <laughs> editor. I, Simon, I just, go for it. What's happening? Uh, uh, well, well, I just wanted to uh, uh, speak to what Mickey said there. Um, I mean, these, uh, these GDP figures are, are certainly the worst since the war, this decline. And the Bank of England's own modelling says it's worse in 1709. So, I mean, let's- That was a bad year. In, yeah, let's put this in some perspective. Big frost that These year. figures yeah. are pretty disastrous. And yes, I know where Haldine's coming with all the personal wealth that's been saved during this time. But what he doesn't talk about is the furlough scheme and all these jobs that are kept temporarily in suspension What's going to happen to them? I mean, I mean, it's likely that most of those people are going to end up unemployed. So you've got unemployment at a higher level than we've seen for many years on the horizon. We've also got problems with Brexit, whether we like it or not. There's definitely problems, trading problems with Brexit. We've seen this thing this week about Amsterdam doing more city deals than London, you know. Uh, I don't think it's as bright as people are making out. I think they're being over-optimistic at the moment. And if you look at the political side, uh, there's very much caution from the government at the moment. They're not talking about it all getting better in April, May, June. In fact, it's more likely like it's going to be the autumn before we see things returning to some sort of normality. I mean, we're hearing that social distancing measures will stay in place until the autumn. Uh, we're hearing that even I heard this morning Lloyds Bank telling their employees not to return to work until after summer, not to the office. They've got, got no branches to go to. Well, no, this is the people in the city. And, 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 now, and I've also heard the universities are telling their students not to even think about coming back until the autumn. The government is arguing the bet out amongst themselves whether we can go on holidays or not. But it looks like if they allow that, you know, the airline industry will have severe restrictions put on the number of passengers that are allowed, etc. So we've got all of that. And uh, we're waiting with bated breath to the Prime Minister's big statement. It was meant to be the 22nd of February. It's now the week commencing the 22nd of February. What is his plan to get us out of this? Um, 
And as Mark Harper, uh, Tory backbencher, he said, we're not looking for any black backsliding prime minister in this. We want a plan. So I think, yeah, I think we could be a bit more optimistic than we were a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think we should get over optimistic too quickly. You, Where was the you chuckling in that? You, prom you, you promised me chuckles. I didn't hear a single chuckle. You do, in anything exactly. Simon said. You do the chuckle. I'll yeah, do you the can, chuckle. <laughs> you can make up for it. You've already done it this morning, sending me a 3D steak. I didn't Sorry. actually send you the steak. That would put me on a level of scientific accomplishment that is beyond my yeah. means. I just told you that uh, these scientists in uh, Israel have created what is thought to be the first steak printed by a 3D printer. It's made out of cow cells that they've cultivated in a lab. This, folks, is the future of farming as we know it. Um, let's see if there's a chuckle. Retailers take 22 billion hit from lockdown. Well, that's not it. Uh, small businesses offered grants to cope with Brexit disruption. Half a chuckle, I suppose, from that one. But it just reminds us that Brexit continues to be a crock of uh, challenge, I think we can uh, safely say. Here's something on the point of adaptation, which we talked about, as you said, we talked about with uh, our friends in Glasgow last week. This is from the OECD. They're talking globally, but it has a resonance with businesses in Britain. 70% of SMEs have further intensified their use of digital technology due to COVID-19. And that's what's happening underneath the GDP figures and the photo scheme and all the rest of it is that companies have become much more digital. They were going that way anyway. COVID has just given them an enormous kick up the backside to get on with it. But what this OECD report says, and here's the crucial point, governments have to support it. So when the Chancellor starts uh, talking about his plan for growth in the budget in March, there has to be something in there about how you help companies become more digital. By the way, business is telling the Chancellor this week, we know the budget's in March, but if you go to extend furlough, you've got to tell us before then. We can't wait until March because some of us are going to have to make decisions about redundancy before then. So for goodness sake, don't leave it to the last minute like yeah. you've done all the way along. Tell and that's the problem, Declan, isn't it? I mean, we mentioned, Simon mentioned that Andy Haldane's forecast. How can he make forecasts about the future when we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow? The <sighs> Chancellor and the Prime Minister refused to tell us, you know, what's going to happen. He was asked this week, Prime Minister's question, Simon, what's happening about the fellow screen? What's happening about business rates? Oh, wait till the budget. Well, Why wait till the know, budget? Prime Minister's questions has never been about answering the question. Um, I, look, I'm sure Andy Holden is a lovely man, but he has been consistently uh, bullish and continuously flamboyantly optimistic, shall we say, yes. about the forecast of the recovery. You know, he, he's right, he, like a stop clock, he is right twice a day. <laughs> he said there would be a bounce back after the first slump in March and April, and there was. Uh, and we had the eat out to help out thing that uh, brought business back onto the high street. But then it also spurred the transmission of the mm. virus and put us into another lockdown later mm. in the year. He is right. There will be some people who have mm. squirreled away money because they've not been commuting. They've not been going to restaurants. They've not been able to go to the pub. And they'll be desperate to do all of these things again mm. when the lockdown is lifted. But there's also been a huge increase in the number of people in debt. And yeah. the financial watchdog, the FCA, said only on Thursday... Uh, of uh, last week that the number of adults in at risk of financial mm. harm 
is no more than half yeah. the adult yeah. population of the country. Yeah, and I, absolutely yeah, and I, not much of a chuckle there. Yeah, yeah, and I just add to that, I do think any recovery is going to be very uneven because yeah. certain sectors have really taken such a huge hit. And um, I mean, whether many of these small businesses will survive in the in the, these sectors uh, is a big question. You know, okay, digital's great, but if people aren't able to go to restaurants or bars or the cinema or the theatre, these businesses are not going to survive. But, but let's they, not they... forget that each one of those businesses has a household sitting behind it and Indeed. lots of employees who have households sitting behind them and the household debt is just ratcheting up um, exponentially, I think. But uh, among those small businesses that might have a great summer if the travel restrictions are lifted domestically are all those hotel owners and B&B owners and chippies in Whitby and Scarborough and halls in North Yorkshire that, uh, and in the southwest and in uh, the broads and in Scotland and Northern Ireland and Wales as well. If there's a big surge in domestic tourism this year because we can't go abroad but we are allowed to travel in the UK, it could be a great summer for them. But again, the challenge is keeping going between now and a possible mm. recovery. Yes, and Declan, I, I think there's already evidence, for instance, that in Cornwall, they're pricing themselves out of the market. You've tried booking, have you? Yeah, one of my friends did. <laughs> well, there's, there's another side to the argument. Uh, but the whole tourism thing brings us very neatly to West Yorkshire. Uh, and of course, we're in Leeds. So let's talk to our guests. And our guests will probably realise by now that we're very passionate about anything to do with small business. In fact, anything to do with business, really. So let's introduce... Um, Poonam Carr is the West Yorkshire branch chair for the Institute of Directors, amongst a lot of other things. And I have got an enormous list of roles that you play. I'm not going to go into them all, Poonam, but if you uh, at any point want to throw in uh, another one or two, then please do. James Mason is the Welcome to Yorkshire CEO. Um, and welcome to you, welcome to you both. And let's go to Mark Williams first, because Mark Williams runs lightboxagency.co.uk. It's a PR company. And I think, Mark, I'm right in saying you used to work with Simon. I did, yeah. It's Simon, a small uh, world. <laughs> yeah, Simon kind of launched my career, really, actually, yeah. Have yeah more don't, don't give him credit. <laughs> <laughs> but you've started up your, your business in the middle of the pandemic. So how easy, difficult, uh, wish I hadn't done it, or, or I'm very pleased to have seized the opportunity. Or didn't you <laughs> have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> or did you have a choice? <laughs> well, I, to some extent, I mean, I, um, I kind of didn't have a choice in when it actually happened. So when I, um, when I started out with, with Lightbox, um, I was kind of, I was working, I was freelancing, but working full time with, with one company. So it's kind of freelancing in, in name only. Um, and I've kind of been with this company for about three years. Um, and I kind of already had it in mind that I wanted to, to, to launch Lightbox content agency and start a kind of something I could scale a bit more and grow and have more kind of uh, more freedom and fewer constraints. Um, so I already had it in mind, um, planning to launch about August or September 2020. And then it just so happened in July 2020, the company that I was working for made my position redundant. So it's kind of, um, yeah, <laughs> so sort of uh, like, right, let's, let's crack on. Um, and the first, the first couple of months were, were a little bit daunting, um, as I imagine is the case for, for, any, for anyone who's launching a new business. And it was initially um, 
a little bit slow. Um, happily, though, the, the first client was actually somebody else I was working with at the previous company who was maybe doing it at the same time. And it just so happened that she had also, unbeknownst to me, been launching her own business and was at precisely the same stage. So I had, um, yeah, had a client with her. Um, but yeah, it took, took a couple of months to kind of get things off the ground. But now things are, things are good. The business is growing. My diary is full. Um, and yeah, looking to kind of bring in some, some, more, some more support. So yeah, it's, uh, it's looking positive. And is Leeds a good place to start? Why did you choose Leeds? It is, absolutely, yeah. I can, I can really vouch for, for Leeds as a, as a business city. Um, I was actually, I was reading a, a report um, that was talking about the brownfield sites south of the river, which is, uh, is a huge expanse of, of, of space with loads of potential. And the, the report was talking about how um, this development is going to double the size of the city centre and bring with it something like 20% in, in um, local economic growth and create thousands of new businesses. And I thought, well, if there's, if there's thousands of new businesses, then there's, there's room in the market for another agency to, to support them and help those businesses grow. Um, so, yeah, and I kind of took it from there, really, and, and discovered that um, as well as the kind of the, the, the huge kind of finance and corporate and legal sectors you mentioned earlier, there's also a really big tech ecosystem. Um, particularly in health tech, which is the, the kind of world I'd just come from. NH Digital is here and, and with it, I think about 80% of the digital health businesses in the country. Um, so that was a really nice fit. And yeah, I discovered that it's, it's, it's a, just a really supportive, vibrant community in which to run a business. It feels like everyone knows everyone, despite it being a kind of a big city. Um, businesses buy local. And yeah, everyone's just keen to support each other. Well, that must be music to your ears, Punam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as chair of, uh, for the Institute of Directors in this area. Um, de de definitely, Liz. And, you know, I think with my um, um, IOD hat on, I do have that visibility across the whole region, it, you know, the wider region of West Yorkshire. Um, the, we've got some great businesses up in West Yorkshire. And, you know, with the um, transport links that we have in place, the world's a lot smaller than we actually think it is. So actually, you know, we are at the heart of England in, in Leeds and it's been demonstrated through all the various businesses that have actually relocated and come out of, um, you know, London up to Leeds because there's a lot of skill sets that are up here that, you know, people are challenging for down in London. So that is coming across um, th through our region. Um, but, but with what other hats on, you are actually involved in the business. You know, you're you are part of that business community yourself. It's Definitely. Not just so. So I'm the managing director at FDS and we're a, an award-winning corporate finance firm. So we work with owner-managed businesses on a day-to-day -day basis. We've dealt with over 400 um, owner-managed businesses. That's what we understand. It's small, medium-sized businesses. And of course, the um, pandemic has caused some um, um, adaptation throughout. But what we are seeing is that everybody has adapted and they have been able to, um, you know, um, change the way that they may may have done work previously. And it is all about like what Mickey had stated right early on, that if you if you switch a car off, you're not going to go anywhere. And it's just a matter of when you switch it back on, what directions are available. And um, 
I do have to say the government have supported um, small businesses um, a lot and there's probably a lot more that they could have done but there is you know with the furlough with the sea bills it has given those businesses choice whereas in, in normal circumstances they may not have had choices. It'll be interesting to see what happens when it comes to paying all of that back though won't it. Um, James Mason uh, obviously West Yorkshire is an area, and uh, Leeds being the capital of that, the capital of the north, it is an area where we may very well be looking to book our holidays in the summer, should we be allowed to get out and have holidays. Um, how, how's the tourism sector adapting to this? Will it survive until the summer? Let's hope so. And I think it's a key point that you make. It's survival mode that we're still in now in the visitor economy and it's survival mode we've been in for the last year. Um, but we've every reason to be cautiously optimistic for the reasons that Mickey and yourself and Declan mentioned at the outset, along with Simon, in that domestic tourism is set to boom in the absence of international travel. Um, there'll be a flip side of that. You know, we're already concerned about over tourism, but let's not worry about that. Let's worry about the opportunities ahead of us. And you mentioned Leeds being the centre of, um, I suppose, the West Yorkshire economy, but many of our cities, Leeds, Sheffield, um, Hull, York, especially in Yorkshire, have got a real opportunity here to attract visitors and a new audience of visitors, perhaps from Liverpool, Manchester, Wales, Scotland, that didn't perhaps think of Yorkshire as a destination. I do fear for the, the high streets, especially city centres, because I think I think COVID restrictions will be in place for the best part of this year and perhaps into the next year. Uh, and I think there will be certain societal changes that means that overcrowded areas are perhaps not as attractive. So that's a real challenge. But yeah, we've got to look at a real opportunity here in the absence of international travel to to not 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 rewrite our 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 offer but just make sure we amplify what we've got to offer we're speaking about leeds today but leeds is an hour and a half away from one of the best beaches in the country runswick bay and scarborough so we're really well placed to capitalize this year but businesses just have to get through and that's where we'd urge more business uh, government support especially from the 22nd of February onwards, and time to adapt. You've just heard Poonam there talking about and 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 um, the the ability of businesses to bounce back, but they need time. You know, rosters. You know, hospitality businesses have got millions of pounds of the beer that's getting thrown away, which irks me. Trust me, I would have drunk, I would have helped them drink some of that. But yeah, businesses need time <laughs> so to would adapt Becky. quickly. <laughs> yeah. So James, you, you've painted a great picture of, of, of Yorkshire, which I mean is what you're there for. Um, but what, what do you say to people who, you know, would suggest that Leeds really um, is the, uh, the, the poorer end of, of Manchester? Um, you know, because Manchester's done a wonderful PR job over the years. You would think it's our second biggest city. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of credit's got to go to Manchester. My colleagues over at Mar Marketing Manchester for sort of owning that title. And I think this comes back to ownership. I, I, we can do the economics here and argue that Leeds is... Um, you know, second, third, fourth city in England, but we've got to champion that. And and we, yeah, it's great to hear people talking about Leeds being a tech city. And we've got Channel Four that have just um, launched or about to launch their head office. We've got Skybet here. The airport yesterday had had voted through a new expansion plan. But it's our job, especially as a regional um, agency, to promote this. That, that that Leeds is that that major player. However. And, I'm, and I say this as a, as a Yorkshireman smiling, albeit on a podcast, Riley, that West Yorkshire, North Yorkshire, South and East Yorkshire 
Um, there's some healthy rivalry there between us all, if that, if I may say that. But boy, oh boy, the strength of Yorkshire as a brand internationally um, globally is really powerful. But we have to come together because I think Andy Burnham and his colleagues over at Greater Manchester seem to have the ear of Downing Street. And we need to come together and make sure that we're, we're championing that. So the levelling up agenda means not just the North West, it means the North of England. Plenty of fodder there for you, a PR company like yours, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> can you get can you get in there and exchange cards? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be following you on Twitter before we finish. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> I, I, I was up in Yorkshire in September, um, sort of so wedged between the the lockdown and and the the, the, the next lockdown. And the one thing I, I realised how much it had changed because when I used to come up here, when our my girls were was small was that um it was sort of split as far as i was concerned between the dales and the moors and if you went to the dales they would go in a pub there and it'd be very pretty and they charge you about one pound fifty one pound seventy a pint it shows you how long ago it was and then you go to the moors and you'd walk into a pub with the tumbleweed blowing through it and there'd be a couple of farmers sitting there who'd look at you um <laughs> you'd order a pint and it was less than a quid uh, and they'd always say, we're not going to pay more for that. I mean, there is this still this idea that, dare I say, Yorkshire people are a bit tight. Um, is that is that smoothing out now? Is that an image you're getting rid of, or is it still value for money? Oh, James. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm now speaking on every uh, uh, Yorkshire person, uh, and and we've got some on the on the on on the call that can help out here. But listen, I think there is there is a big piece of work still to do, you know. And my background's in professional football. I was in charge of Bradford City for a number of years. We've got two Premier League teams in 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 Yorkshire but you you ask people honestly around the world uh, where Sheffield is where Leeds is they wouldn't have a clue you ask people in parts of the southeast of England uh, name two Premier League teams and they wouldn't say Sheffield United we know that because I speak to my colleagues at Sheffield United regularly so Mickey you're right there is still um, a stereotype and we're all guilty of it but we're all guilty both as a consumer and as a contributor to get that message out Leeds is one of the most vibrant, you know, cities within Europe. We've got three national parks. We've got a coastline. We've got seven Michelin-style restaurants. By the way, I'm, I'm going to go on one, by the way, here, so I'm going to change your stereotypes. Seven <laughs> Michelin-style. We've got some of the world's finest, uh, you know, brands that are growing. As a tech city, um, we have 100 firms within Leeds that, you know, support some of the biggest brands, including FIFA and Adidas. So we just need to, we just need to shout about it more. We need to really own it. I can James, remember you had a football team. James, be, be aware that when Mickey describes something as being tight, he means it as the highest honour that he can bestow based on his own spending habits. Yeah. Thank, Mickey, thanks very much. Uh, Declan, thanks for rescuing us from that. But that tenor is still in his wallet. I thought I'd lob it in and see what the reaction was. The last time you bought a pint, you paid groats for it. James I was just going to say what is that background that you've got on there so it's interesting that Mickey mentioned the Dales and the North York Moors this is, I'm actually in the North York Moors as we speak okay. so this is um, uh, yeah this is Rosebury Topping uh, beautiful for people that are listening a beautiful yeah uh, blush uh, purple red green backdrop with a lovely sunset yeah but we're not tight up here uh, but if you can find a pub that's uh, still serving beer at £1.70 trust me we'll use that as our marketing <laughs> company <laughs> Good arm. Go for it. You need sharp elbows to get in there. 
I was just going to reiterate what James has said. I think the, where we fail um, as a um, region is that we don't shout out about what our achievements are, what we are capable of. It is all about displaying that and making making it known. And um, I think that's where we flaw, really. But, you know, James had just mentioned a few of the things that why Yorkshire and Leeds is the place to be. And I just think we just need to be a bit more strategic thinking and how we can get that message across um, the world and the rest of the country. Well, um, I think Mark is uh, writing the, the words as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's <the> plan. <laughs> so Mark, come on, sell, you, you're, the, you're the person who does the words, sell it to the rest of the world then. Um, you know, tell, tell us what actually is making Leeds special at the moment, despite the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I think um, it's, it's just, it, there are so many innovative businesses doing kind of, um, you know, some really exciting stuff that, that I think potentially just, just isn't happening elsewhere in the country. So I think kind of our, our three, um, probably, probably three of our biggest industries would, would be the kind of um, the finance, tech and health. And there's so many kind of innovations that happen between those sectors. So there's the kind of, there's a few um, kind of reg tech firms that are helping kind of professional services um, transform the way they do business um, in new ways. There's the kind of- Reg, the, reg tech? Yeah. regulatory technology yeah i think i think stuff like that just these new kind of these new new innovations that are kind of, kind of jumping between the sectors and then technology that's linking um linking the sectors um especially well, like bitcoin yeah <laughs> yeah i don't understand yeah. it let alone regulate it yeah <laughs> Poonam, if i mention the word the letters hs2 to you are you one of those that stands on your box and says things will not be right till we get a good rail link. When, you know, you look at COVID-19, you think, well, that was for the old economy. We want something for the new economy, which doesn't mean travelling backwards and forwards on a train. You know, if you're getting started, Mickey, I don't know if I'll start, but... Um, <laughs> go on, go for it. <laughs> but the, I think the situation is just, it's the whole government, isn't it? It's just, where do we need to place our efforts at what time? And... To me, I, I don't think the world is a big place. I think it is it is a small place. And, you know, for, we travel frequently from Wakefield to London and it's under two hours. So it, is, is that 15, 20 minutes going to make a huge difference? You know, everybody's full of their own opinions and matters. But I think there's a lot more things that we can do with that level of money. And I do believe that we have to invest in our infrastructure because we've got to... Well, Broadband, for instance. Exactly. But it's just, you know, uh, especially the pandemic, just even like our children and their education and, you know, um, having all the gadgets because not everybody is fortunate enough to have a laptop or the screens that's needed. I just think we've got to just sit back and, you know, map out a little bit more of where, where is, where should our priorities lie? And I think that, you know, um, um, things can be, ha I think they just pick them out and out of a molehill sometimes. And I think things could be a lot simpler. If we kept it simple, we might you get somewhere sooner. You'd be better off with a better broadband connection than you would with the first class ticket to Leeds. I mean, that's what it boils down to, doesn't it? 
Well, I think it's kind of what we've been saying. That we don't need to be face to face all the time. Things can be done remotely. And um, and uh, and I do think that this is something that's going to stay. Of course, people want to have that touch and feel and that closeness. But one thing for certain is actually things can be um, done remotely and that does save time and we can move and speed things through. So, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's having that right balance. Um, James, uh, sorry, Mark, is the balance right for you as a small business now? You know, because you are working in basically the communications sector. You are communicating through PR um, for a lot of your clients. Um, you know, and how are they all dealing with this shift to digital? Um, I, th I think very well. So um, I've actually I've, I've met in person very few of my clients. Yeah, the only the only clients I've met were people I kind of worked with um, previously through networks. It seems um, it seems to me to, to have been a really smooth transition, um, especially the the kind of work um, that I do. You know, it's, it's kind of it's very kind of editorial led, and um, there are so many tools that make it make it really easy to to do this kind of um, you know cloud based. Um, yeah, word processes and stuff like that. So yeah, I think all, all in all, it's been a really, really smooth transition. To be honest, I haven't found there's any issues. Um, obviously, networking is one thing um, that's kind of been been impeded, but there are there are a huge number now of kind of Zoom sessions and and, and, and lots of there there are, there are lots of people kind of in the business community who are making really big efforts to kind of facilitate these these kinds of things things digitally. So yeah, all in all, I'd say it's been it's been a pretty pretty smooth transition for me. So has the world shifted forever? <laughs> yes, I, I think so. I think um, I think well, given given that the majority of people probably don't want to go back into the workplace full time, um, and that we've now kind of you know we've all discovered how to how to make this work. Yeah, I would say so. Um, the clients that you're dealing with um, are they city centre clients? I, I'd like to come. I'd like to look at this whole city centre issue. Um, was it was it you who raised it, or was it James who raised it? You know, what is the city centre going to look like? What's our what's the high streets? What are they what are they going to look like? What is the, the future there? And if they are going to change fundamentally, is this an opportunity to make them change in such a way that the clients, the, the visitors that James would like to see are flocking into Leeds? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I mean, um, so as far as far as I can see in the city centre, not much appears to have changed. Um, there, I mean, there was talk um, that by now, you know, there might be there might be huge numbers of high street shops shuttered and stuff like that. That doesn't appear to be the case at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, I, th I think, um, yeah, it's, it's st still seems to be the businesses seem to be doing OK. I don't know if that's as a result of, of the, the government support or something like that. But um, from yeah, from from what I can see, it looks like we'll return to relative normality, kind of on the high street. I think you you won't be able to rely on the shopping centres to bring people in. You're going to have to have communities. Um, you're going to have to turn empty shops into something else, whether it be bars, restaurants, or even dare I say it, housing, providing you haven't priced yourself out the market. And um, you know, in future, I think the high street isn't going to be a high street of retailers. It's going to be a high street community. And that is the way to attract people in. At the moment, um, the way the way the writing's on the wall is that retailing has changed forever. And mm -hmm. we've seen that with the deals that are being done at the moment, Dorothy Perkins, Burton. Um, people are ready to accept online shopping. Um, they're also ready for competitive prices, which you'll get through online shopping. 
the days of the bricks and mortar stores, there's still a demand for it in certain areas, but it ain't going to be across all the country, is it? And we have seen, uh, we ha sorry, Liz, I was just going to say, we, ha we have seen a revival of in-city living in Leeds over the last decade or so. And there's been a lot of sort of development of flats around the canal side area and the old industrial areas. You, you want, it, where is the Leeds housing market at the minute? Is there actually already too much supply in the city centre? Um, Pranam, what do you think? I was just going to say that I think that, you know, obviously these big brands and things like that, of course, they've got their budgets and, and marketing teams to um, really push themselves digitally. But I think the high street is going to represent more of our um, uh, unique boutique shops and things like that, that d won't be able to have that marketing budget to promote themselves as much digitally. And it's going to be a different type of offering to pull, pull those communities in, because I, I do think that people still Still do like to touch feel and it's it's a day out isn't it and I, I don't know about you guys but I'm I'm fed up of looking at my screen 24 7 and it's just another thing to do if when we get back to that normality I think I think that's why so many people are going to see houses <laughs> just to get out <laughs> but uh, James come in there um but also I was reading about Stockton on Tees yesterday and they are basically ripping the shopping centre completely out of the high street. And I think they're going to dig up the dual carriageway that runs between the shopping centre and the river and uh, make a huge park area in the hope of bringing lots of events, etc., into uh, a much more community-based environment. Would yeah, that work I, for Leeds? Yeah, I, th I think it would. And I think Leeds is really well-placed. So whilst there's lots of you know doom and gloom and conjecture about what the future looks like, yeah, I think the, the the death of the high street has the opportunity to be an opportunity to, as Mickey said, rebuild communities. So therefore, artisan shops will become the norm. So we've got a big shop local um, push at the moment. And we've all seen that through COVID, whereby walking has become our sanctuary. In fact, we've got a campaign called Walkshire. So we want to own that title of being the capital of walking across the world. But that means walking on your uh, in your local community. So I am in the centre of Leeds today, just by the canal that Declan mentioned there. And I'm surrounded by cranes and building sites. People still want to live in the city centre because we have lots of green spaces. We've got lots of heritage, culture, arts on our doorstep that perhaps has been uh, taken for granted recently. So the, the big department shops that will go and will become showrooms, bit more like car showroom so people will still want to go in and see what they're buying but they'll probably they'll receive it online probably by the time they've got home you know that's the way that asos etc and actually clipper logistics you know with steve parkin in leeds have built a huge business around that so i think there's lots of reasons to be excited about the the future of retail although it'd be just different and i think that's there's nothing wrong with that it has to evolve just one thing to say on on mickey's point about hs2 and and the future of digital technology that's something, again, Leeds and Yorkshire has embraced. We've got Hull with some of the best broadband connections across the country. Leeds is leading the way in that digital technology. So I don't think uh, we should worry about the future of where people work. It doesn't matter anymore. You know, many of our colleagues at HSBC, I think you mentioned another bank earlier on. So we can position ourselves as the best place to work from home or the best place to work that doesn't have to be anywhere. We've got everything that a commuter um, would want, but actually a workforce. So we're really excited about that. So we'll push Leeds and Yorkshire as a place to visit, yes, but live, work and study. And we're at the forefront of pushing that. And we'll be ahead of the game, trust me.
ahead of the game, but also you need to be somewhat unique, do you not, Mark? Because otherwise you're, you know, you're just... Nothing to offer. Yeah, we don't want the standardisation of the new high street and the way we got the bog standardization of the old high street yeah that's that's true and that um yeah that, that that just made me think actually going back to how um kind of repurposing spaces um that you know the pandemic has um yeah put, put into disuse I'm, I'm at leeds dock right now which is um also just just by the canal um pretty much in the city center and, and right here we're seeing um really good use of how some of these spaces are being reused just downstairs there's a dock there's a bar that's um obviously a shift and Channel 4, which have just moved to Leeds, are now using it as a, as a TV studio. Um, so every day, I think it's called Steph's Pat Lunch, there's, um, they're broadcasting live from this, um, from what was the kind of the local pub, almost. Um, and there's also a, um, a huge space that I believe was a casino um, that they're kind of turning into a, a really a kind of communal space for, you know, co-working and recreational spaces and stuff like that. So yeah, perhaps there's more, more potential for these kind of, for these kind of things. Um, we sound optimistic. You all three sound really optimistic. James yeah. is out there in the forefront. <laughs> Mark, you've got a full order book, so to speak, at the minute. <laughs> um, Pranam, how do you see this panning out post-pandemic over the next three years, say? I think, you know, we have to remain positive and we have to focus on um, just ensuring that we are adaptable and um, we can, um, you know, um, strategize better. I think that's the way to deal with matters. So I, I, I am very hopeful. I think, you know, we are a great country and we are a great city. And I think if we do all pull together, then... <laughs> Only good can come out of that. We have to work as a team, and I'm a big believer of that. So I just think that if we all focus and ensure that we can, you know, help one another wherever possible, then we will succeed. And it'll just take time. That's that's all it is. It's just, you know, saying trying to sail through and really looking at um, a way forward than burying your head in the sand. Can I just lob in the can I lob in the word that I usually lob in at some point? Skills. Have we got the right skills? I can, I completely agree with um, with Poonam actually. Just um, on the on the amount of support that is available in Leeds and the other businesses helping each other, I, I got I got a huge amount of support when I first started. There's a scheme called um, the Adventure um, Scheme. Um, and they kind of give mentorship, they give um, advice on, on digital skills and on IP and stuff like that. There's networking, there's seminars, um, there's, there's grants um, for kind of upscaling and stuff like that. Um, and there are several kind of schemes like this. Leeds, Leeds um, Beckett Uni does um, a lot of sessions on, on um, businesses looking to export internationally and stuff like that. And that's one thing, yeah, I found really, really positive about, about launching a business in this city, the kind of the amount of help and the willingness of people to kind of, um, yeah, to help you. Um, this it's sounds not, as if that's what we need all over the country, Panam. I just think it's not just always about financial support. It's just having that, you know, emotional and physical support as well. And it's just you know, making it simple. You know, I just think sometimes people just get overly complicated and some people just don't know what there is. So it's just bringing those things to the forefront to help um, and support each other through that mechanism. And I think that that's all that's needed. We just don't need to overcomplicate matters when... Um, there is simpler solutions. 
And of course, so, if, we're, if we're more digital, then it should be easier to let people know what's available. Sorry, Declan, I cut across you. Now, I'm just going to ask, so when the Chancellor's thinking about his plan for growth in the budget and he ends up picking winners, as Chancellors have to do, you have to prioritise, based on what we're hearing about Leeds and Yorkshire, what are the skills, what are the areas he should be looking at? We've heard a lot about... Uh, medical technology, about financial technology, we've heard about tourism. Where Where is the growth of the future? For, for, for me, Declan, we, we support the visitor economy. So I may astound a few people with some statistics here, but uh, tourism was worth £9 billion to Yorkshire in 2018 um, and supported nearly a quarter of a million people. Now, that 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 isn't insignificant, but actually the hinterland around that, so the support structure, the delivery drivers, the producers, etc., make up a huge number. So I think there's many people out there that um, are having to be dexterous, and the words of pivoting and and reskilling and diversifying have been really key over the last six to nine months. But there's a workforce um, that that no longer perhaps need to commute. Um, so come now, and there's and there's a workforce that are now out of particular sectors of work, but can very quickly uh, reskilled in 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 other deployment. And we're seeing that now, whereby I think there is probably this is probably the right time to set up a hospitality business going forward because there's that huge pent up demand. The outdoor economy is going to be huge. So that's another buzzword that we're using because people will want to be outdoors. They won't want to be inside, et cetera. So in terms of skills, if you go to many parts of the world that we all do, and let's think of America, for example, it's a real profession to work in hospitality, isn't it? Whereas we perhaps see it as a, a summer job or a, a job whilst you're a student. So I think... Um, I, th I think, as Mark said, you know, uh, somewhere like Leeds has got a fantastic, fantastic tapestry of foodie places, etc. But they're just going to grow and grow and grow because there's going to be more demand than ever. And the supply at the moment probably can't keep up. It can at the moment because they're all closed. Uh, but I think going forward, people won't want to be in big buildings. So the, the smaller eateries, the sort of artisan shops that will crop up will support uh, the economy but therefore we need people to work in them that have got a specific skill not just seen as a you know as a, as a part-time jobby or a stopgap industry but james alongside the product alongside the accommodation alongside the, uh, the 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 catering and the food and beverage you also need those skills in marketing and establishing the brand name you need the digital skills so that you're yeah. able to you've got a website you've got uh, online delivery, if that's something that's required. There's a, a whole PR. range of other, uh, and PR and everything else, HR. There's a whole range of digital skills there that need to be developed as well. Yeah, all those professional services, I think, uh, as you say, all part of the package, aren't they? It's no point having the best um, food product in Leeds if no one knows about it. So completely agree. And I think I would like to just um, doff my cap to Leeds City Council and a lot of the local authorities, as, as Mark and Puna mentioned, lots of support has been given. Um, sometimes the key of that is accessibility and making sure certain communities and certain businesses, especially startups, know about that. Because you're right, you may have the best product, but if you don't know how to market it, if you don't know how to build an e-commerce channel, and bear in mind, we saw that over the last year, I remember going to see Little Valley Brewery up in Home Firth, a wonderful uh, micro brewer, but they didn't have an online shop. So they were terrified about how they'd they'd get through this pandemic. They've been a huge success story because they've they've upskilled, but they needed to know about that support. So uh, completely agree, Declan. And I think that goes back to Poonam's point about, you know, collaboration, connectivity, and actually 
actually that, that that real Yorkshire spirit of supporting each other. We don't shout about things enough. We should, but we should really support each other to sort of get through this, which is one of the big upsides of the pandemic, that collaborative piece of work. Nam. I was just going to say, you know, a lot of the support that's been that people have utilized to, during the pandemic, it's always been there in some means or form. It's just because people didn't know about it. And I think a lot of the, you know, the feedback that I'm receiving by the IOD and FDS is that actually what, what companies need is um that um outlook of what are the government gonna do through this survival mode you know there is the sea bills and the furlough that's um due to end um in march so what is it because it is going to take time for those businesses to revive themselves and if if the government doesn't give that extra support at this point well the furlough's just been a waste of money in my in, in my mind because all you've done is just kick the can down the road the whole point of the furlough is that we want to get these businesses back up and running so people are still in jobs and i think the We've got to just balance that a bit more carefully to ensure that that is possible, which is going to take time. Brilliant. You're echoing what we've been saying in this podcast since May. Uh, Mark, the last word to you. Otherwise, we'll be here at uh, tea time. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to. I was just going to mention one other sector actually where, where things are looking really positive in Leeds, and that is the creative sector. Um, so Channel Four recently opened a big base here. ITV have got studios here, and as a result, there, there are there are loads of um, kind of ancillary businesses um you know kind, kind of editors production companies things like that and we're seeing more and more popping up i know of two different people who've kind of um, either launched or are now really growing a creative business um next to the broadcast broadcast excuse me the broadcast industry um so yeah that's that's probably um yeah just just another positive i think for the city over the coming years can i just say to our production team um there might be jobs going in leads guys uh, I'd get in touch with Mark after this podcast, <laughs> see, see, see how, how, who he knows, but um, we don't want to lose you, of course, but you know. <laughs> Look, uh, Mark, James and Poonam, thank you ever so much, it was absolutely fascinating. Um, Simon, Declan, anything to add on what you've heard? Um, what are we saying to the Chancellor, yes. Simon, before the budget? Well, I think the Chancellor has some major decisions to take in his budget. And, you know, is he going to target money towards regions, towards infrastructure, towards skills, or is he going to take a more traditional conservative route, which would be freeing the economy up to get on with it. But I hear, you know, wherever he puts money, he's gonna want to balance the budget and get money from somewhere else. And to be honest with you, I think it's not looking very good for freelancers at the moment, and I'm worried about that. The, the mood music's not good. The government have not budged in their position, despite massive lobbying for freelancers. And, um, you know, if anyone gets hurt coming up to this budget, it could be freelance people. Do you know, uh, I can't, I, he has to be, the government has to be cautious. Uh, you that you can't reopen the economy before it is safe to do so. But I cannot wait, 
to for the day when we are allowed to travel again when we are able to go back to the pub when we're able to go to Whitby and have the best chips mm. uh, in the United Kingdom where we can go and visit Donegal and Tyrone again I might even go to Ballymena just for the, for the crack <laughs> just for the crack of it um, waste your time <laughs> just um, on the yeah. uh, just, just uh, in time for your birthday Declan we'll spend yeah. your birthday 5th of yeah. September in Ballymena with Ollie <laughs> yeah let's go to Ballymena well, I, I mentioned I mentioned Ballymena because it there was a development there in recent days that comes back to an issue that we've talked about again and again, and that is the opportunity that's going to come from adjusting the economy to be more climate friendly. And it's our old friend, the bus makers, uh, Right Bus, who we've talked about many times before. And the owner of that company said this week that the next stage for that is developing uh, a plant for the development of hydrogen as a renewable fuel of the future. And that type of work is going on in Yorkshire as well, further over towards the east riding over towards Hull. There's a big development going on there for the creation of hydrogen plants. And it's stuff that's caught the interest of the biggest names in the business because this week Shell, which is an oil giant, which is gonna make billions from oil into the future, said it is going to pivot towards renewable energies and it's going to invest, uh, what was it, two billion a year every year for the next decade or so in increasing its renewable energy capacity. Sorry, Poonam saying she has to go. Poonam, sorry, sorry, everyone. Um, I've just got another call. I'm so sorry, but it's been really enjoyable. And thank you so much for having me on. You'll be back. Our pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She's care. got a business to run. <laughs> well, yes. I'm, in fact, so I suppose if we all, maybe, maybe we'd better get on with it. Okay. <laughs> well, it's been it's been great, Mickey. I think that uh, I think that you've had more agreement to some of your comments than usual today. <laughs> well, I'm just waiting for the one pound seventy pint, one pound seventy a pint to, to return to Yorkshire. I might even go up there once we get. Well, James is going to. James is going to arrange it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if, if Mickey gets his wallet out, that'll solve tourism in, in one... We'll all be coming. Everyone will be coming from all over the world. See it. Yeah, we'll even get Steph McGovern along from her new, new studio in, in Leeds. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> she owes me dinner. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's, let's leave it there before it degenerates into... <laughs> You say you say no that sport. every week about five minutes too late. I know, absolutely. Oops. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Uh, okay, look, uh, thank you ever so much, everyone. Punam, of course, has gone. Uh, Mark, James, thank you. And it was absolutely fascinating conversation. Thank Simon you. Declan, as ever, for your insights. Thank you very much. And now, uh, Jackal Brothers. It's a sad <clears throat> podcast. I have to. <laughs> we have to say goodbye to one of the production team perhaps just temporarily. Um, so, Harry, thank you, Harry. <laughs> Harry. What are we watching? Well, we're seeing all sorts of Harry expressions and Harryisms. Declan's sitting on the loo. <laughs> There's Harry. <laughs> My happy place. <laughs> thank you, Harry. Uh, you'll well be done, back. Harry. You'll be back. But we've lost having the big you. boy yeah. world. Well, well, thank you so much for everything. Yeah, we're only loaning you to these people for six yeah, weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You'll be back, and then you'll okay. be back and doing as you're told. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, to Ben, to George, and Ollie, thank you very, very much. And, yeah. Cheers, uh, lads. Yeah. See you again next week. Yeah.